0: Would you please turn with me to the book of Ruth I want to just deliver this thought today about hope's redemption hope's redemption the book of Ruth is just this sweet little four chapter book that takes uh, its place between uh, judges and first Samuel If you're not careful you flip past it because in most Bibles it's only like a page and a half maybe two pages but there's something so profound in this little book and I'm not a fan of I love Mother's Day and Father's Day I love big days but I'm not a fan of ministering on the big days can I just be transparent there's like this underlying pressure at Easter That the people that only come to church on Easter, like it's the one chance in the world to get them saved that day and all the pressure of the world and is weighing on the shoulders. And so for me, these days are the same way. Thank the Lord. I don't know if you remember last Mother's Day was the first time we had been together for uh, some time whenever we shut the doors. We had a drive-in Mother's Day service. Bless the Lord. And so you might have noticed then, I, I don't, I have a, problem I guess preaching to mothers in the room in the same sense I have a problem preaching to fathers in the room now on the same day I can preach to mothers and fathers and I'm perfectly okay with that but I don't feel like there's no need to call somebody out because if I call out all the mamas today and I preach to you the men instantly just checked out and they left me and although the word is for the men today they completely are going to check out and leave and they're not going to get anything from it. And in the same sense, if I take Father's Day and I preach to the fathers, the women are like, well, this isn't for me today. That's all you, honey. You listening? You better listen to the preacher. Do not quote the pastor in an argument. It's a horrible idea. (sighs) Micah does it all the time. (laughs) But I don't like preaching specifically to people groups. I don't think we instantly create division. Isn't the church supposed to be a house of unity? Amen. So I love going to Scripture and finding, on Mother's Day, the mothers of Scripture. And on Father's Day, the fathers. And so today I want to look at this mother, which you know where I'm headed, of Naomi. Ruth, chapter 1, begins this story. Telling us about a lady named Naomi and her husband, Elimelech. They're from Bethlehem. There's a famine in the land. They move to Moab. They have two sons, Malon and Shilion. They're there for some time. The two sons are, get older. They get married. One marries a, a young lady named Orpah, and one marries a young lady named Ruth. In case you didn't know, this book is about Ruth. And then tragedy strikes. And what takes place is a tragic loss. We've got a lady who is in a foreign land. She's in a land of Moab. She's at a place that's not home. And she's there because there was nothing at home to eat. And now her husband, who was her provider, and her sons, who were the, the backup providers, that, the ones that were actually able to take care of, of, of her and, and Ruth and Orpah, the, the sons and the, the husband, Elimelech, have now all died. And now here Naomi is left with her two daughters-in-law. Thank you, Jesus, that she was a good (laughs) mother-in-law. Amen? On this beautiful Mother's Day, I'm thankful for my wonderful mother-in-law. I just got points because she's in the room. And the other son-in-law's not, so I'm now the favorite at least for a few minutes. I can't even think straight. So... Limelech, Malon, and Shilion die. And Naomi says, daughters, I'm going home. I'm going back to something familiar. I'm going back to the place that I came from. You need to go back to your homeland. There's no need for you to stay with me. I'm too old, even if... (laughs) I got married today and, and popped out two baby boys. You gonna wait for them to grow up to remarry my sons again? Turn back and, and go home and, and live your life and remarry, find, find a new life for yourself. And Orpah clings to Naomi, loves on her, they cry and have this sobby, mushy, lifetime movie moment and then she turns around and walks off into the distance. And Ruth makes this statement that's so powerful that we know in Ruth chapter one, verse sixteen and uh, verses sixteen through seventeen, Ruth said, "And I did not give Carter this, so don't get mad at Carter. This is Mitchell's fault." But Ruth said, "Do not urge me to leave you or return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people." Your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. That is an amazing relationship statement. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I mean, like, talk about marriage vows, till death do us part. We're all over that whole same theme and thought process, right? And so they take off and they get to Bethlehem and Carter does have this passage because this is actually a key thought process of chapter one, verses 20 and 21. When they show up in town, they're all questioning, is that Naomi? Is that Naomi? And she says in verse 20, she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara for the almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Naomi has said, uh, her name, if you look down in the footnotes of your Bible, it probably explains it to you, that Naomi, it means pleasant, happy, pleasant, it's good. Uh, Mara means bitter. Bitter. And bitterness. And so she said, I was full when I went away. I was pleasant. I was happy. Who I was was defined by what I had and what was in my, excuse me, my quiver, if you will, of arrows, the family that I had. But now because of the emptiness, call me Mara. Naomi's done something that you and I so often do. She's defining herself and identifying herself by what she's lost. By what she no longer has possession of. I've lost my husband, I've lost my sons, I've had to give up everything that I had. We had built a life in Moab, and I've given it all up. Don't call me Naomi. I don't want to be reminded of what I had anymore, but you got to call me Mara now because I am defined by the emptiness that I feel. I'm defined by the bitterness that God has used against me by taking everything away. She identified herself with a problem. Don't define yourself by your loss. You're a child of God. Only God can define you. No body, no circumstance, you yourself <laughs> can't define who you are rabbit trail, you were created to be who you are. It doesn't matter how much you try to change that. It doesn't matter what kind of identity or gender you try to take on. The DNA exists and you are who you were created to be. God's fingerprint is literally stamped inside of you. So no circumstance, no situation, no decision gets to define who you are. God defines who you are. Ruth's first, uh, Naomi's first problem, though, is that she is defining herself by her circumstance. What's so cool about this to me is we never hear anybody call her Mara. Read through the chapter, read, read through the book. We don't ever see this word again in this book. Why? Thank you for asking. It's a great second point. Because you need to surround yourself with people who don't jump into your pity party, but rather they encourage you and speak truth and speak life into you and say, hey, I don't care that you want to be called Mara. I don't care that you think your life is bitterness right now. It's not. God is still with you, and I don't care what you think you want to be called. I'm not calling you that today because you are more than this circumstance in this situation right now. You're more than what you're standing in. You yourself, Naomi, said it. You went away full. You've forgotten how full God allowed you to be for the time that you were full. And now you're defining yourself by the emptiness. We need people in our life not to just give us a little pat of cake, I'm so proud of you, good job, you don't do no, no wrong. No, we need somebody to speak some truth. But in that truth, we need somebody to pick us up and encourage us and speak life. The power of life and death are in the tongue. And when I'm speaking negatively over my own life, I need somebody to pick me up and speak life into me. I'm almost done in more ways than one. This redemption process there's a history here and I'm going to try to give the brief lesson most of you know. When the husband passed away and there were no males in the the family Naomi actually owned a piece of land. She owned a field. You read through that in chapter 3-ish. And If a kinsman, cousin, uncle, somebody down the line would purchase the land that was owned by the relative, then the inheritance could be redeemed because it had to be passed down the bloodline. Sorry, women on Mother's Day, (laughs) but she didn't have the authority on her own. She needed the bloodline. I don't have authority to do a whole lot on my own. I need the bloodline. You with me? She needed a a redeemer. They called him the kinsman redeemer. And they're just there hanging out, and Ruth goes out and starts working in the field. She's gleaning. She's picking up the leftovers, if you will, and this tall, dark, handsome fella walks out with the name of Boaz. He says, who are you? She said, I'm Ruth. Hey, how you doing? I'm Ruth, I'm just picking up the leftovers. He said, well, as long as you need to stay and pick up leftovers, you pick up leftovers. And I'm going to tell my men, don't go to any other field, for if you go somewhere else, you might actually be assaulted, but I'm going to tell my servants to protect you. I'm going to tell them to take care of you. In fact, I'm going to tell them to take care of you and come come. actually, when it comes time to eat, come to the table and sit down and eat with us and get you some some morsels and 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 dip it in the vinegar there so you got a little bit of cucumber and vinegar, if you will. Come and enjoy the delicacies of what we've got going on. And so Ruth... Did that to the end of the barley season. And then it got to the point that Naomi had a plan. Naomi said, Ruth, Boaz is going to be at the threshing floor. They're going to be working the grain. After he sat down and had his ribeye and sweet tea and he's full, you need to go into the threshing floor and lay down beside him at his feet. I preached this to you several, I don't know, a year or so ago. This isn't anything erotic. This isn't anything that's sly that's going on. She goes and she uncovers his feet and lays down at his feet literally like a servant. Not trying to seduce him. She is serving And lays down at his feet, and when he wakes up, he said, who are you and what's going on? I'm Ruth. Here's the thing. Uh, We need a redeemer. Uh, Naomi's got a field. We need somebody to come through and buy it. You're in our, our lineage. You're the next one in line. He said, actually, I'm not. Unfortunately, can you imagine the disappointment in that moment? I'm not the redeemer. There's somebody that's one step closer than I am. But tomorrow I'll go to the gate, and I'll see if I can work it out. If he won't redeem the field if he won't redeem the inheritance if he will not marry you I will so Ruth leaves she goes back with this ton of of grain and tells Naomi what's going on the next day Boaz goes to the gate calls up the other relative he said hey uh, Naomi has a field and they need the kinsman redeemer you're next in line Boaz has got the elders there, the witnesses, if you will. You're next in line. Fantastic! I'd be happy to take that field. He said. Well, there's one thing. If you take the field, you also have to marry Ruth, which is Naomi's daughter-in-law, so that the inheritance can be uh, maintained. He said. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's a problem because that's going to mess up my inheritance. Hmm. My dude had no idea what he was doing. He just had an opportunity to be in the bloodline of the very Savior of the world. What better inheritance could you have gotten? But because he was worried about it messing up his own inheritance, he said, I can't do this. Huh. So Boaz says, Fantastic. I'm going to redeem him. I like Ruth. Matter of fact, I love Ruth. I'm going to take her to be my wife. And scripture picks up you need to go read all that for yourself I did a pretty good job summarizing it but I'm sure I left some stuff out and there probably was not a steak and and baked potato and sweet tea it probably was something a little different I told you I asked for grace but in chapter 4 verse 13 we've made it now to the wedding ceremony verse 13 through 17 it says, Boaz took Ruth. She became his wife. He went into her. The Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the women said to who? Who? You mean it don't say Mara? The women said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has left us uh, has not left you this day without a redeemer. May his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Naomi took the child, laid him on her lap, and began uh, became his nurse. And the women... Of the neighborhood gave him a name a son has been born to Naomi they named him Obed he was the father of Jesse who was the father of David I love a plot twist I love the sermon that I have preached about Ruth and how she the Moabitess should have never been in the lineage of Jesus She was an outcast, came from a cursed people, came from a people that would throw their babies off a cliff and a sacrifice to other gods. I'm talking about some rough people. That's not the point of this message today. But I love the plot twist. Because here was hope's redemption in Naomi's life. She said, I left full, but I'm back empty. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. I want to be defined by my circumstance. I want to be defined by who I am. The people around her said, "We ain't doing that mess." Your name's Naomi Pleasant Full, and then here's a rough statement. I, I. It's hard because they said that daughter-in-law who loves you was not only better than your two sons but she was better than seven sons could have been that doesn't excuse the loss doesn't excuse the hurt and I'm not belittling anybody's hurt today I'm not belittling anything that you've lost. I'm not belittling any of the heartbreak. I'm not belittling any of the, 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 the struggles, the hardship that you've gone through. I'm not. Please don't mishear. I don't believe that was the intention of the statement. But I am telling you, don't overlook the thing that is still there. Don't overlook the one that is still by your side. Don't overlook the one. She said, I'm not going to leave you. Only death would separate me, and if God sees it, anything else, let him be the one to kill me. I'm just telling you. They said, the Lord has never left you, Naomi. The Lord's been right there by your side the whole time, walking you through it all. And I'm just telling you, Naomi, that where you had no hope, here, through through Ruth, Obed is hope's redemption. Obed is hope's redemption. Hope can be redeemed. Does it mean we don't struggle and we don't suffer the loss? No. Get through it. Grieve it. Work through the process. But then take a step forward and say, okay, here I am. I might be emptier than I was when I showed up the last time, but there's hope somewhere. And hope can be restored. It can be redeemed in my life today. The girl she tried to send away, God used to bring her something eternal, really. And I just couldn't get over the thought all week long that somebody in the room or online. You've lost your hope today. And this little preacher boy has pushed through the need to go puke my guts out to tell you your hope can be redeemed. You've lost your hope. Sister Nancy, that foot hurts. You're almost to the point, you've lost all hope of having full restoration in that leg. I'm telling you hope is hope can be redeemed today. Hope's redemption is here because Jesus is the healer. I know that you've struggled and I know you've suffered I know and I'm not belittling that. Please don't mishear me but I'm telling you hope's redemption is in the room. Relationships that have failed, life that is upside down, that makes no sense at all. And, and and you want to say, call me Mara. I'm bitter. I'm tired. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm empty. I'm not calling you Mara today. Because there's something inside of you that I see. (laughs) You can't see yourself. And today is the day for hope's redemption. God's not left you. He's gone nowhere. You might have lost. I mean, Naomi lost it all. All but a daughter-in-law that she even tried to release. But God never left you. He's not gone anywhere. And for those that don't know why I love this story so good, is if you go look at the genealogy of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, what is so amazing is this redemption story. Hope's redemption that day for Naomi and for Ruth actually was Hope's redemption for all eternity because Obed begot Jesse and Jesse begot David and on down the line is the lineage of Jesus. Ruth, who should have gone back to Moab, who should have never been in the family in the first place. She was the black sheep. Her bloodline now created and brought Jesus into the world. Why? because hope's redemption is here. Today, on this Mother's Day, whether you're a mother, whether you got a desire to be a mother, whether you're a father, you wanna be a daddy, you're a husband, you need to be a husband, there's hope today. Hope's redemption is here. The Redeemer, the one to, what does that mean? It was just all about the fact that hope was lost, it was gone. We had no hope. And your kinsman Redeemer, Jesus Christ, went to the Father on behalf of you and me. And redeemed us. So my lost hope has redemption. Lord, first of all, thank you for allowing me to deliver this word. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your love today. God, there's some in the room. There's some online. There's some that will watch this later or listen to this by podcast. (laughs) At just the right moment, they're going to be told that they lost all their hope and they're going to identify with that and they're going to want to be called Mara. I ain't calling nobody Mara. God, those that have lost their hope today, You want to be their redemption. You want to redeem their hope. You are hope's redemption. Father, I thank you. You've lost your hope. You ain't got to believe it for yourself. Go on my word. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you the truth. Jesus ain't left you. He ain't forsaken you. He ain't gone anywhere. Hope is on its way. The answer's on its way. Healing is on its way. Breakthrough is on its way. You need jesus to touch you today hallelujah father thank you lord father i pray for those that are watching online or that are hearing this message father i pray that you restore hope today god you are hope's redemption Whatever the situation, whatever the struggle, whatever the trial, Father, whatever the heartache, the heartbreak, heal the brokenness. Heal the emptiness, Father. We can't take it away. We can't do away with the past. We we don't have the authority, the power to forget where we've come from, Lord. God, but we can be healed from it. We can be made whole again. And then we can move forward. Restore hope today. Father, I thank you. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for your people. I pray for mothers in the room today. God, I'm so grateful for mothers, the women that have been a part of my life, that have influenced me, that have pushed me in ministry, that have pushed me in life, that have pushed me in adulthood, that have pushed me as a child. Father, I'm thankful for those mothers today. Father, give grace to the mothers. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people and keep your people. God, let your face shine on them. Give them peace. Turn your face toward them. Give them grace today. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. Restore hope. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.